listening to Affect Autism, where Affect is the number one tool we use in supporting child development through playful interactions. We Chose Play is a new series documenting my family's floor time journey. You can see the preview on YouTube, and you can register to watch the extended trailer for free at affectautism.com play, or just go to wechoseplay.com. With each episode, you'll glean insights, tips, and reflections, what I learned and what I know now that I would tell myself back then along the way. I hope it will support caregivers in their floor time experience. We chose play. We have joy every day. Welcome back. I'm Daria Brown, and this week I have Don Marie Solais. She is an emotional intelligence and life skills coach specializing in neurodivergence. She founded Innis Neurodiversity Conferences, information, networking, advocacy, and support. And Innis 2022 will be held on Saturday, September 24th, both in person and virtually, where I will be participating along with other ICDL staff and many others. Very excited to promote this upcoming conference and learn more about what Don Marie does. So welcome, Don Marie. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be part of your podcast. Well, I'm thrilled to have you. Um, We met because uh, Don Marie has partnered up with ICDL and was speaking with Jeff Gunzel, the CEO of ICDL and that International Council on Development and Learning, who are a major sponsor of Innis and um, we're excited about this neurodiversity conference coming up. And we met just to find out what's going on and, and Don Marie wanted me to be a part of it. And uh, we had a wonderful conversation, um, finding out lots of things about each other. And I said, we got to do a podcast about what you do and and your experience and your journey, but also to promote this conference. So why don't we start um, by just jumping into what what is going on on September 24th? And while you're answering that question, I'm going to share my screen with the Neurodiversity Conference page. Oh, great, thank you. Um, This conference was birthed when um, I went out looking for this conference. (laughs) So I wanted a conference where I could join with other uh, neurodivergent people. I am autistic, ADHD, dyslexic, dyscalculic. I I jokingly refer to myself as the poster child for neurodivergence. And um, because I I just sort of have all of the bits and pieces. Uh, And I I came to that information. I've known I'm dyslexic since age 15. The rest I didn't know until age 50. Uh, I raised three children, not knowing about myself, not understanding their neurodivergence. Um, And so when I came across my identity, I... I just got really, really happy and um, dove in entire body to all the discovery and learning and information I could do, which is why I was looking for a conference. Um, I wanted to go like sit and listen to people talk about their experiences and their research and their all their things. What I discovered was higher ed would have a conference, but it was for higher ed people. Uh, business would have like a diversity, equity, and inclusion conference that maybe had a little spark of neurodivergence in there, maybe. Um, I found conferences, but I didn't find what I was looking for, which was 
can everybody come? Can it be medicine and therapy and uh, business and technology and the arts? And, you know, can everybody come? And we're no longer going to say there are boundaries or silos or anything. We're just going to recognize there are autistic, ADHD, et cetera, neurodivergent people in every aspect of life. So every aspect of life should be thinking about this. And I couldn't find it. So I made one. Um, <laughs> that's what happened. And I started meeting people because I would tell anybody who would listen, I want to do this thing where I get as many people as I can from whatever corners of the earth uh, together. And I want us all to just be human beings. Um, I don't care how many degrees somebody has. I don't care if you have no degrees. I don't care if you're a parent or a professor. It doesn't matter what you are, what you do. Can we all just talk to each other and be just really real and human and share our experiences and our hopes and our dreams and our hardships and see what happens? And the more people I tell about that, the more people are willing to join me, which is just one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced. We have uh, people participating like yourself from the United States, uh, Canada, Great Britain, Australia. They are participating in recorded things that will go out to our virtual ticket purchasers. They're participating live virtually and in person. In person is near Binghamton, New York in the United States, if you're able to come to that. Um, but if you're not, the virtual ticket will get you uh, live, if you wanna be there live, uh, view of the main stage events, which are mostly uh, panel discussions. Again, this attempt to be very human and real. We're doing very little that was gonna feel presentation-like, very little talking to you and more talking with you. Um, and hopefully that's the feel, even if you're watching something that's recorded, that you're, that you're invited to be part of that conversation. Um, it's more about sharing than it is informing or imposing belief systems or dictating ideas. Um, so yeah, we've got more than 30 people participating um, as, as speakers, either in person, live virtual or recorded. The, the content is anything from just the lived experience. We have this wonderful mom and son team who are gonna be on the main stage the morning of the event, um, talking about his experience as a person uh, with a Tourette's identity and what's that, what that is like. We've got recorded folks who are talking about themselves as autistic and ADHD. And we've got all the way to, you know, like you, you, you gave this wonderful talk with me about um, ICDL and DIR floor time and your own personal experience. We've got uh, Autistic Doctors International. We've pretty much, if you can think about a topic, we might have somebody talking about it <laughs> in one way or another. Um, again, with the idea that if we all start sharing our experiences and our information and our ideas with each other, something bigger and better can happen for all of us. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, yes, we recorded my um, my participation already. My present, not really presentation, but like you said, conversation. And um, yeah, I I look forward to seeing all of the others as well. 
And I hope that people will go to EQ Solutions U2, the number two dot com slash INAS dash 2022 dash speakers. I will put the link to this in the blog post at affectautism.com. If you look up INAS 2022 Neurodiversity Conference. Uh, so why don't we, um, you know, it's going to it's going to be wonderful to hear all the different perspectives for sure. And I don't want to redo what I just recorded with you that I will be talking about at the conference. What I want to hear at in this podcast now is more about you, Don Marie, because I have started to interview on the podcast self advocates. And it's always so interesting for me to hear experiences of autistic adults. And some of them have been younger, some of them have been older, some of them had their diagnosis when they were children, some of them had their diagnosis when they're in their 20s. And you had your diagnosis later in life, you I believe you said around age 50. Yes, and um, I'm going to tweak language just a little bit. Sure. I have purposely chosen at this moment to remain in the self-identification world um, okay. because there are so many impediments to diagnoses. Um, I'm choosing to stay representative of a valid self-identifying person. So because there's so much information out there, you really can sort of do the checklist, right? <laughs> are you this, 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 and this? Yeah, I'm all of those things. Um, you can get a pretty good idea of of how your brain functions um and i i'm choosing to stay in that non-medically diagnosed world for a bunch of different reasons but in part because i think it's important that people feel valid when they believe they know themselves yes um one of the criticisms uh, that are flung at neurodivergent people is that we don't have the ability to know ourselves. We have to be told who we are. We have to be told how to think. We have to be told how to be. And I reject that completely. Um, now, when I learned how to ride a bike, it was really helpful to have somebody tell me how to ride the bike. Um, and I had to learn how to do that. That's different from not having within me the ability to understand and be while I rode the bike. Yes. Um, so I just want to tweak that language just a little bit because I am not diagnosed and I, I uh, it's sort of part of my advocacy, not sort of, it is part of my advocacy work that uh, we find uh, an additional paradigm for people to be able to know their neurodivergent identity uh, alongside of the, the medical perspective. Um, you know, that's something that people need right now. You don't have access to other supports and care if you don't have a medical diagnosis. So I'm not speaking against it. I'm simply advocating for, uh, a perspective that legitimizes the self-identifying neurodivergent individual. Yes. And, um, when I started to learn that I am neurodivergent myself. I reached out to Autistics for Autistics Ontario locally here in Toronto. And the person there said, um, you know, self-identification is fine. Um, in Toronto, if you want to get a diagnosis, you have to get screening, which costs somewhere upwards of $3,000. 
And if you get a publicly funded diagnosis, you have to go through all of these different things and you may or may not qualify to get looked at, et cetera, et cetera. I am currently on a wait list to get some kind of assessment, which I'm not even sure what it is, um, for different reasons of things that I experienced. Um, other people I know have not had that luxury, and I don't know if it's a luxury or not, to, to, but I'm on a wait list that probably takes a year. But just in reading so many things from self-advocates, in talking to Kieran Rose, who's the autistic self-advocate.com, who, you know, he has interacted with thousands of neurodivergent adults and children over the years. He has a neurodivergent family. His three children are all neurodivergent. He was diagnosed at age 23 by Dr. Simon Baron Cohen, whose work he criticizes a lot now, but at the time, um, that's who did his diagnosis. And he has a lot to say about the myth of autism and about what autism is and, and um, you know, all, all the aspects of neurodivergence. And, and so I've just learned a lot from all these different people and, and I'm not as far on my journey as you are, but I understand now that I've definitely always felt different than all of my friends. I know that I'm neurodivergent. I know that my brain works differently than other people's and tendencies that I had that people find annoying in my past, I realize now are neurodivergent traits of mine <laughs> that have really helped me and been beneficial to me in many ways while being annoying to people as well. So um, it's an interesting journey for sure. Um, do you want to describe a little bit about how you went through that process? And I know that you wrote a PDF about it, which I'm halfway through reading. Yeah, um, you have a PDF version. This is the print version. Um, I So um, I'll talk about this in a second. Um, in my emotional intelligence coaching, I started recognizing that uh, many, if not all of my clients were neurodivergent. You know, they came to me knowing, or I'll, I, the more I knew about my clients that I that identified to me, because I, the second I know something about somebody, I like run out and research and I do everything I can to be the best coach I can for that individual. Um, the more I started learning about them, the more I started being able to guess about other clients. Like, have you ever considered ADHD? Have you ever considered autism? Have you ever? And I had this bizarre success rate in being correct, right? So I'd send them away, they'd get their diagnosis, they'd come back, they'd be like, you were right. And they'd tell me all the things. Um, in all of that, I began looking at myself and what my experiences were and finding explanations for all of it. Um, I have, my book starts with a trigger warning. I've had a particularly challenging life. And so as I, my book is about discovering my neurodivergence and then looking back on my life. So I look back on a lot of troubling things um, and being able to recognize, wow, I wasn't the problem not knowing myself was a problem, but I was not the problem. 
but being made to feel I was, whether it was a school system or a societal perspective or deeply abusive people in my life who were able to gaslight me easily. Um, being able to look back and recognize, okay, a lot of what went sideways was the way my, my brain works and how I was processing the information coming from my brain. And if I understand how my brain works better, I'm going to be able to be a fuller version of myself with more confidence, with more self-care, uh, with more success. I'm gonna be able to decide what situations are safe for me and what are not. Um, I'm gonna be able to invite people into helping me more successfully. All kinds of things get better when I know how my brain works. And that was such a great thing for me because that's like, I popped out of the womb wanting to know how people's brains work. Like that, <laughs> that is my life persistent special project. Um, I have memories from being very, very little of sitting on the edge of my bed, like memorizing conversations so that I could sort of pull them apart and look at them and figure out what went wrong. And yeah, I, I was like a mini psychiatrist from the word go in my life. And so this idea that I now had a fresh viewpoint and, and really valid ideas about who I am and how I think and how I process and why I emotionally respond and react and all of that kind of stuff that worked really, really well for me. And it made me a better coach. It made me be able to take, you know, I'm a positive psychology uh, person, which is a, a branch of psychology birthed uh, with a great group of people out of the University of Pennsylvania here in the United States. Um, Nonviolent communication, which is a theory of, um, it's a theory of communication. I call it a theory of being, um, but that's Marshall Rosenberg. Uh, all of the pieces that were making sense to me made even more sense to me with neurodivergence being my identity. Um, I could understand why I was attracted to things. I could understand why I felt passionate about certain things. I could look at myself and like myself, which was not something that I had felt fully able to do prior to understanding my identity because people could convince me I was wrong and bad. And, you know, my book is called My Dramatic and Inappropriate Neuro Awesome Life because I'd been called dramatic and inappropriate for as long as I can remember. And recognizing that, no, that's not, that's not a, a good set of descriptors for me. That's a misunderstanding of my being, both by those external to me and within myself instead of looking at myself as too much and, and not enough in all the different places, looking at myself as somebody who is whole and capable and intelligent and wonderful in a unique set of ways, changed everything, everything. And I had no other, no other path but to recognize the good that knowledge did for me and then my three and now adult children to just again dive in full body to okay what can i do to impact this world how can i help more people 
um, how can I how can I amplify voices who are also trying to make positive impacts in this space? Um, and so it was that deep passion that again birthed Innis. Um, because I'm very, very aware that I can only do so much by myself. So if I can join with others, how much more can we do? Um, but even with, and I have a number of things that are disabling about my physical health, my past, right? The, the persistent PTSD of my past, right? I have a lot of things that are disabling in my life. I have sensory challenges. I have off the chart sensory challenges, which now I understand and I can navigate much better. Um, yeah, there are a lot of things about my life that can feel disabling, but also I can recognize that I don't have a world that, that makes room for those things. I'm old enough where I remember the argument against building ramps into buildings. I remember the adults in my life arguing, why do businesses have to invest? You're gonna put everybody out of business. You know, there are only like five people in the entire world in wheelchairs, what's the problem? Why does everybody have to, right? All of that, I remember that. But now we have ramps into almost every building, you know, every public building in the, and we can all use the ramp. Isn't that lovely, right? <laughs> so, I know what the arguments are against creating a world that embraces the wide needs of a neurodivergent population. And I know the, you know, I know the arguments, I, I know all of that, but I also know that the moment we turn the corner, just like we did with physical accessibility to buildings, right? Now, uh, public meetings generally have um, sign language interpreters for deaf, deaf participants, right? Once we turn the corner, we're not only going to see life become better for the neurodivergent population, we're going to see that everybody can use the ramp better for everyone. Um, and part of Innis is gathering those voices that are trying to create openness of thought, openness of heart, and openness of society that doesn't just make things better for a person, but makes things better for all. And I really do believe that that's, that's the goal. I do think I had a client tell me that she wanted to uh, take pictures of the board in class when she was a kid. Um, you know, she's young enough that that was a thing. She could use her phone and she could, she could take pictures of the board. And the comment from the teacher was, if I let you do it, I'll have to let everybody do it. And that perspective is it, in its type is the kind of perspective I'm hoping uh, the, the work of all of us will help to change. Instead of, if I let you, I'll have to let all, going, oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Hey, does anybody wanna take a picture of the board? Would that help you when you get home to remember so you don't have to sit and take notes? 
Or could you take notes and take a picture of the board? Would that help you? What would help you as an individual learn what's being presented here in the class? What would help you as an individual uh, be more successful at your job? What would help you as an individual uh, navigate the grocery store better, right? Because every time we find something that would help someone, it's probably going to help somebody else too. Yeah. That maybe doesn't have quite the same life experience, doesn't have quite the same uh, abilities or disabilities, but it's still useful. And when we can have that perspective, what gets better? What opens what invites what accommodates what accompanies what gets better for all of us so that's what i'm working on that's what innis is about um even when we focus on specific topics i think one of the things that makes people afraid about accommodating differences is that who they are will disappear in the process and that just isn't it Right? If we accommodate a neurodivergent child in the classroom, we actually open doors for everyone in the classroom. Maybe not the same door, right? But when we start thinking about it's okay to acknowledge the individual, it's okay to support and promote the needs of the individual, that scoops up everybody. And nobody disappears in that environment. Nobody is made secondary in, in importance in that environment. Um, you, can, you can maintain what works for you and what is good for you and open opportunities and supports for others. I love it. And I certainly hope that's the way that we're moving. Uh, it, it seems to be in a lot of ways um, in society in general with a lot of things that have, you know, come forward in the past decade. Um, certainly, there's always resistance, but I think you you made the point that hopefully, you know, embracing differences and diversity will will out you know will win, <laughs> and we'll understand why. Um, can you give us some examples of how this conference? really brings that forward. Like you mentioned the mother-son team. I mentioned some that I'll be having a conversation with you as part of the conference. There's other staff members of ICDL, the CEO, Jeff Gunzel, um, Colette Ryan, Jackie Bartell from DIR Home Program and their training uh, trainers with ICDL as well. Um, there's, you know, what, what other types of voices are going to be represented at the conference? So if you're in person, uh, the conference is split up into three sections. Uh, we did that in the recognition that um, for many of us, we need to focus on what's important to us. And it's fine if all the information is there, but, but don't put it all in front of me, right? So we've tried to focus the morning toward families the afternoon uh, toward adults, the, the first perspective we took to that is adults in transition. So we've got like financial literacy represented in that space. We've got uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, uh, an education panel that includes K-12 higher ed and beyond. Um, 
And then in the evening, we've got, uh, there are no more breakout sessions, no more vendors, this all-in perspective of, okay, we've got a little bit of everybody represented in this panel. Who are we? What are we trying to accomplish? And what are our asks from the community? Like, how can we work better together? Uh, and what can we step forward from September 24th and do? Um, it's been really important to me that there be actionable things beyond that day. And so part of that evening is to sort of scoop everything up and, and mush it all together and, and, and see what we can produce. You know, what, what's the juice from the event? Um, and what do we want to do about it? You can, as a virtual ticket holder, you can watch all of that live. We're also going to be recording that. So if you can't be there live uh, or you choose to, to not be, you can watch. Once we get those recorded and snippeted, you know, edited the way it needs to be and put it out, those will be part of your package in addition for the virtual ticket. So even if you're able to come in person, virtual ticket is its own world. It's got uh, 25 plus hours of content where um, for the most part, I'm talking to all of these different people from different perspectives, whether it's uh, medicine or technology or finance, um, music, um, all of these different perspectives and how they interact with and touch and represent the neurodivergent world. Uh, just a lot of brilliant people um, being themselves, being human and saying what's important to them uh, in, in the hope that as we listen and as we engage, we find more of ourselves, we find more of the people in our lives and we find more ways to share all of that. So that again, together we take, we take steps toward greater understanding, greater inclusion, greater advocacy, greater support. Um, so, so this stuff's just better. You know, even if you choose to do nothing outside of your own world, you've listened to a bunch of people who get you to a certain extent, right? You've, you've seen people from points around the globe that are similar to you, are interested in making your world better, are putting their livelihoods up there on behalf of you. Um, there's just so much good going on and we, we need to make sure that we are aware of it so that we don't feel quite so alone, quite so desperate, um, which we really can feel when we're, when we're just us in our spaces yeah, and disconnected. Um, yeah, so, so the, go ahead. Uh so I, for those watching on YouTube, I have shared the screen of the website. Uh, we are in the August 6th to September 5th timeframe where you can get 25% off tickets. And after September 5th, it will be full price. Um, what is the price of the tickets? 
So um, the ticketing page is uh, available online. Um, if you're in person, each little bit of the conference, so each of the three are, you can buy by themselves or all together. So if you're just coming for like the morning, it's uh, $20 full price. Um, each section is $20 full price. If you buy a whole day, uh, there's a little bit of a discount even at the full price, it's $50. The virtual package uh, by itself, I think. Um, Where is the link to the ticket to sign so up? So are you on the speakers page? Where are you? Yes. Okay, so you see Neuro Awesome Life up, up at the top? If yep. you hover there, you get all of the links. Ah, um, go. So you've got the tickets, you've so got under, yeah, you under a sponsor, right? Everything is there. Um, the other thing that we're doing is if for any reason you want to uh, get a ticket, come in person, watch virtually, and you feel financially unable, at the, at the bottom of the ticketing page, um, there is a place where you can request a free ticket. Um, and so basically what it is, is you, you reach out to me on my, yeah, on my contact page and let me know. We are not asking you to fill out a form. We are not asking for your personal information. We're trusting that if you can't afford it, you buy a ticket. If you can't, you let us know and we'll give you one. Um, again, we are doing everything in our power to make sure access to all of this is available to anybody who would like it. Um, so whether it's in person or virtual or both, if you need some assistance, let us know, you know, if you, if you feel like you can do $5, okay. Right. If you feel like you need the whole thing supported. Okay. Um, so, and then there's a, there are ways to contribute as well. If you would like to, to help us make sure that people can come. There are several ways to contribute. Um, my organization is not nonprofit yet. I'm in that process. It is not yet. Um, so if you are contributing, it is not tax deductible in the United States, um, but the money yet. is going right. Um, that's something that we're working on for, for future, uh, getting that nonprofit status. Um, right now, the really, really dear people, including ICDL, are helping to support the financial needs of this event, um, which is in the tens of thousands of dollars just to you know put something up online and do all of this stuff. Um, so we are still we are still in need financially. So if somebody would like to contribute any amount would be really, really helpful. And you can do that on the sponsor page at any amount, or there are ways to uh, be a recognized sponsor if you would like. Um, but you can also simply buy a ticket and we will give it to somebody else. And on the ticketing page, there's that option um, to buy a ticket on behalf of someone else. And we will make sure that somebody gets it. Awesome. Now, a lot of the perspectives you mentioned are, you know, how can my understanding is um, adults getting together, discussing neurodiversity, how we can advocate for this going forward. You mentioned that the morning in person will be for families. Is this a conference that parents of young autistic children would find 
beneficial to attend? I believe so, yes. For one thing, um, uh, DIR floor time has, has an entire room devoted to them um, for both the morning and the afternoon. Uh, so you will be able to come and meet uh, floor time professionals, talk about what floor time is about, et cetera. Um, we have a financial institution that is there doing financial literacy and well-being. They have a room all day. Um, they're not there to make money. They are there to help you think about, you know, what would be good financial decisions given you might have, uh, a child with needs, et cetera. Um, but also we have rooms set aside that are just community rooms, right? So if you're there in the morning, um, we are not inviting children in that we're not, there's nothing special for children to do right? But for the morning, if the only way you can be there is with your kid on your, in your, in the pack on your back, please come with the kid in the pack on your back, right? Or the stroller or whatever. Uh, we have a room that is devoted to parents so they can step aside, they can breastfeed, they can change diapers, the kids can play for a minute. Um, but we also have other community rooms where the point is you just step in and there are people there like you. So maybe another parent. Um, maybe we have a sibling room, um, you step, right. If you're, if you're the sibling of a neurodivergent person, or you are the neurodivergent person and you have siblings, right? you can step in the room and there are other people who know what you're going through. Um, we have, uh, LGBTQI plus space, um, a huge, there's huge intersectionality with that uh, community and the neurodivergent community. So we wanted to make sure they were represented. Um, we've got places where you can simply connect. Um, and we've got a room where if you've heard something in the conference and you want to go talk to somebody else about it, like right away, we have a room for that too. So <laughs> it really doesn't matter if you're a parent or if you're a caregiver or you're the person, it doesn't matter who you are, you're a business person trying to understand your employees or your customers, whoever you are, there's going to be something for you at this event. At bare minimum, there's going to be a community of folks that you didn't know existed before you stepped into the building. And that that can be pretty profound and empowering. Now, this is the in-person that she was talking about, which is in Binghamton, New York. Um, what about the virtual conference? Would parents find that helpful too for parents that might be unable to come because they can't get away or they live too far? Yeah, again, whoever you are, what part of life you're, you're in, you're going to find content relevant to you. Um, and sometimes you may find relevance by surprise, right? So uh, there are individuals who are simply talking about what it is to be a neurodivergent person. I've got one adorable 18-year-old, um, Finn. You'll see him in the speakers list. And what he's talking about is his experience of going from school to being considered an adult. And what was that experience like for him? Um, he's going to be doing a live virtual breakout session. Um, so if you get that virtual ticket, there are also going to be live virtual breakout sessions for you to participate in if you choose. Um, so there are people... Exper expressing their lived experience. There's uh, people talking about hypermobility, um, people talking about 
music concerts designed for the neurodivergent community um, online and in person. There's uh, people talking about access to medical care and what we need to be doing better that way. Um, pretty much just about any section of life is represented in some way. So even if you don't see something that seems to speak to you very, very directly, I encourage people to watch as much of that 25 plus hour content um, you've got until the, the end of December to, to digest that when you buy that virtual ticket. Um, that was my next question. So thank you for, for answering that. Um, you have access to the recordings until the end of December. Will the live recordings be, will the live presentations or conversations be recorded and available to the virtual? The main um, stage, yes. The in-person breakout sessions, no. Um, and the live virtual breakout sessions, that's up to the speaker. Okay. Um, and again, these are conversations. We're really encouraging people if they're going to do a live breakout session, that they're inviting the community to talk with them instead of them talking at. So yes. they'll say a thing, right? They'll, they're going to present a, who they are and what, what they're thinking about and why you're gathering there. Um, but the idea is so that people can come and share in that experience, not simply listen as a bystander. You certainly can. You can be completely invisible in that space and just be a fly on the wall, but you can also participate as well. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you uh, for letting us know about all of that. Listeners, I'm going to put links to everything we, we talked about, how you can register for the conference, how you can be a sponsor if you'd like to sponsor and help out uh, at affectautism.com under INAS 2022 conference. Thank you so much, Don Marie Solace, for giving us information about what that self-diagnosis and understanding your own neurodivergence does for you and how it empowers you and how it allows you to empower others. And for letting us know about this conference, for creating the conference, for organizing and getting your partnerships in order so that we can all enjoy this conference. So I hope everybody listening will attend uh, thank you so much, and I look forward to our future projects together. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for having me and for doing the work that you do. Uh, the fact that you are willing to take this time and, and do your podcast, not just with me, but with all of the others that you have. Um, this is important stuff. This is how we do make a better world for all of us is, um, you know, whether whether you're like you and me and you're willing to talk or whether you you share the content if all of us can work together to start helping get good information out, then better things are going to happen. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Until next time, here's to choosing play and experiencing joy every day. <laughs>